0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm here with Denise, and today we're going to talk to you about Simon Peter, a man who had four encounters with Christ before he repented and called Jesus the Lord of his life. It is an amazing story, and it's just one part in a 10-part series called 10 Powerful Men. In this series, we talk about Noah, Abraham, Samuel, David, Daniel, Joseph, today Peter, tomorrow Paul. Then we're going to look at Timothy and John. It is so powerful to look at these normal men that God showed himself strong to and through. And the reason we're teaching it is because God wants to show himself strong to you and through you as well. So order yours today, and it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now the book which is called All the Men of the Bible. It covers more than 3,000 Bible names. This is a resource you will use again and again and again. And we're also offering you our brand new autobiography, Denise. There we are, you and me at Red Square. Yes. Oh, how we love Red Square. We love Russia. But how in the world did we end up here? It's such an unlikely story. And the whole story is right here in this book called Unlikely. Our faith-filled journey to the ends of the earth. And my friend, if you're ready to launch out into your own unlikely story, then you need to read this book because it will really encourage you to take a step of faith. And it's not just a story. This book is filled with teaching from the beginning to the end, all wrapped and entwined into the story. It's just riveting and it will really strengthen your faith. So please order yours today by going to renner.org. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. Denise and I believe that. We believe that if we call out to God in faith, God will really show us great and mighty things. God is faithful to His Word. We're just waiting to hear from you so we'll know how to pray expressly just for you. So give us a call or send us your email. And the moment we hear from you, Denise and I and our whole team, we're going to begin to really pray for you. I promise you that. And God will move mightily in your life. But we'll be back in just a moment.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Well, welcome back to the program. I've got my Bible.
0: I hope you have your Bible, Denise. I have my Bible right here. All right. We always use the Bible in this program because we believe in the Bible. And by the way, we're believing for a revival of the Bible in people's lives. You believe that with us. But today we're going to return, Denise, to our anchor verse, which is 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. I love this verse. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Denise, can't you just visualize that? I can God scanning it. the planet and scanning the planet, looking and looking, and what's He looking for? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong. In the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. It doesn't say to those that are perfect. God's not looking for perfect people, but He's looking for those who have a heart that's perfect toward Him. They have a heart for Him and a heart that is willing to obey Him. Well, today we're going to be looking at the example of the Apostle Peter, a man who did not quickly come to Christ, but Christ's eyes landed on him. And God wanted him, and God pursued him until he repented. It is amazing. But let me say this. In life, you encounter all kinds of people. You encounter people that are actively pursuing a relationship with the Lord. Then you pursue people that have recently recommitted their lives to Christ. And often in life, you meet people that are very nonchalant and noncommittal about faith. They don't even seem to be interested at all. Then you meet churchgoers. They go to church, but you're not really sure that they're saved. Then you just meet people that are lost. They're unsaved. They know they're unsaved, and they don't even seem to care. In life, you meet all kinds of people. That's just part of life. And God wants to use each one of us to reach every single one of them. And when you look at the example of Simon Peter, it is amazing, Denise. It took four encounters with Christ before he was converted. Well, you would think just one encounter with Christ would be enough. But the first encounter didn't seem to touch him at all. The second encounter seemed to have no impact on him. The third encounter, you would think that third one would have really rocked him. It didn't faze him. It took a fourth encounter with Christ before he fell to his knees and called Jesus Lord. And today, we're going to look at this. And I think it gives us great hope. That the first time you try to share Christ with somebody, if they don't respond, don't be discouraged by that. They just need another encounter, maybe even another encounter, maybe like Peter. Maybe they're going to have to have four encounters before it really takes root. That's what happened with Peter. Let's look at it. Peter's first encounter with Jesus I call secondhand information. Think how many people have secondhand knowledge of Jesus. They've heard of Jesus. Somebody's told them about Jesus, but they've never personally met Jesus. And Peter's first encounter with Christ was second-hand knowledge. And we read about it in John 1.36, several days after Jesus was baptized. He was walking near the River Jordan, and John the Baptist saw him in the distance and said, Behold, behold the Lamb of God. And nearby was a man named Andrew, whose brother was Simon Peter. And Andrew and another man followed Jesus to where he was. Jesus actually said, come and see. Jesus invited them. And they came and they spent an entire day with Jesus. That is amazing to me. And Andrew was so impressed by his time with Jesus that he went to get his brother Simon because he wanted to introduce Simon to Jesus. And Simon's first introduction to Jesus was what he heard from his brother. Many people only know about Jesus because of what you have told them. But second-hand knowledge is not enough to bring someone into the kingdom of God. It may warm up their hearts. It may prepare them for another encounter. That's where you have to begin. And we have to understand that that's where our responsibility begins. We have to give people knowledge about Jesus. And even if they don't personally meet him at that point, at least we have opened the door... And the journey has begun. But eventually, Simon had a second encounter with Christ. And we read about that in John 142, where the Bible says, And he, that's Andrew, his brother, brought him to Jesus. I just love that. He brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Simon came to a concrete place where he could be introduced to Jesus. He even lingered there and had a conversation with him. But it was not a life-transforming conversation. And, Denise, that's totally amazing to me because Jesus even told him he was going to have a change of character. He said, your name's going to be changed, you're going to be changed, and Simon sat there completely unchanged, undaunted, unfazed by the whole conversation. And Jesus was even prophesying his salvation. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. How can you sit in the presence of Jesus and not be changed? But he was not changed. In that encounter, Jesus even told him his name would be changed, his character would be changed, but the change did not occur in that moment. This second encounter, a personal confrontation with Jesus, introduced Simon to Jesus. He came close to the kingdom of God, but he was not inside the kingdom of God. But Andrew did one thing right. He brought his brother to a place where he could see Jesus. And that's our responsibility. First of all, we need to tell people about Jesus, give them secondhand information, Then we need to do like Andrew, say, come on, we want to bring you to a concrete place where you can take the next step. Maybe that's inviting somebody to church. Maybe that's asking someone to watch a TV program or giving somebody a book. But you're bringing them to a concrete place where they have their next encounter with Jesus. That is our God-given responsibility. But even that encounter did not change Peter Then he had a third encounter, and the third encounter is totally amazing because Jesus came to Peter's house. And even though Jesus was in his house, he still was not converted. And look what happened in his house. The Bible tells us in Luke 4, verse 38, that Jesus went to Simon's house, and this is where the third encounter took place. Peter's mother-in-law was sick of a fever. The Greek actually says she was stricken with a blazing heat. She was terribly, terribly sick. And in Luke 4, verse 39, the Bible says, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. And verse 39 says, Immediately she arose and ministered unto them. She probably got up and cooked them dinner. Now look at this. Jesus is now in Peter's house. He has just seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. He knows this is real because it is his mother-in-law. He has seen this miracle with his own eyes. He's witnessed the instantaneous results of Jesus' power. But that's still not all in this third encounter. The Bible goes on and says, Word of that miraculous healing began to spread throughout the whole city. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 40, it says, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Or now Simon Peter's house becomes a setting for a miracle service. There he is in his own home, Jesus in his home. He has just witnessed his mother-in-law be miraculously healed. Now the power of God is invading every nook and cranny of the house. This is no longer second-hand information. He is personally witnessing the miraculous healings of his mother-in-law and of everyone who comes to the house. Miracle on top of miracle on top of miracle. God's power was all around him and yet he was untouched at his core. It makes me think Denise of people that have grown up in church. Even people that have grown up in Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches, they've seen the gifts of the Spirit. They've been to meetings where they've seen demons cast out. They've seen people irrefutably healed right in front of them, and yet they're unsaved. I always wonder, how in the world is that possible, that you could grow up in such an environment and your heart not be changed? But think how many kids have grown up in church, they've seen it all, they've heard it all, but they've never been changed at their core. It happens. And that happened here with Simon Peter. No real change occurred at his core, so he was not converted. He was near the kingdom of God. He was surrounded by the kingdom of God, but he had not been touched at his core. That is amazing to me. Then when you read Luke 4, verse 44, after that wonderful, miraculous evening, Jesus left Peter's house, and he began to teach and preach in all the synagogues of Galilee, and a period of time elapsed. We don't know how much time elapsed, but finally he had a fourth encounter. Now, Denise, think about this. First encounter was hearsay or secondhand information about Jesus. Secondly, he was brought to a place where he actually encountered Christ and had a conversation with Christ and was even told that his character needed to be changed, but he wasn't changed. Then he had a third encounter when Jesus came into his house and miracles abounded all around him, and he still is not changed. This is amazing. But then we come to the fourth life-transforming encounter, and this occurred in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus stepped into his boat. Jesus was preaching, and the crowds were gathering and getting larger and larger and larger. And Jesus needed a podium from which he could speak to the entire crowd. So he saw Peter's boat, and he said to Peter, May I use your boat? And he stepped into Peter's boat. Peter surrendered his boat. He didn't realize he was about to surrender his life. But he surrendered his boat, and Jesus had thrust out a little from the shore, and they went out a little from the shore, and Jesus sat in the ship. And from the ship, he could then speak to everyone who had gathered there on the shore, and Jesus began to preach. And after Jesus was finished preaching, Jesus said to him in Luke chapter 5, verse 4 Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught or for a catch. Well, Simon Peter was a professional fisherman, and in fact, he was quite a businessman. When you read it in the Greek text, you find that he had partners, which means that he owned several boats. This was a whole fishing enterprise. He wasn't just a poor fisherman. He owned many boats. This was a whole fishing enterprise. And now Jesus is going to tell him how to catch fish. He knew how to catch fish. And in fact, he'd been trying all night to catch fish, and they hadn't caught any fish. But when you come to Luke 5, verse 5, he says to Jesus, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Verse 6, and when they had done this, then closed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And in fact, the catch was so enormous that verse 7 says they filled both the ships. So it wasn't just one ship, it was ships this was a fishing enterprise, and they began to sink. This was tons of fish. Such an enormous catch couldn't be attributed to a freak accident or to coincidence. They had never witnessed anything like this. Peter had been fishing all of his life. He had never seen anything like this, and neither had anyone else. And it was this fourth encounter that pushed Simon into a place of faith. When God touched his business, when God touched his money, he collapsed. Different things touch different people. Some people come to Christ when their child is touched. Some people easily come to Christ when they hear a message preached. People come to Christ in different ways. But when Jesus touched his pocketbook, when he saw all of those fish, this was more money than he had ever made in a single night, he collapsed. And we read in Luke chapter 5, verse 8, he fell down at Jesus' knees. The Greek literally means he collapsed. The strength went out of him, saying, and notice Denise says saying, the Greek says saying and saying and saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He was saying it over and over, please leave me, leave me, leave me, leave me. Please depart from me. I'm a sinful man, Lord. But in this moment, notice he called Jesus what? He called him Lord. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Lord shall be saved. This was the moment of his conversion. It occurred when Jesus touched his pocketbook. He was a businessman, and this is what really touched him. A personal conversation didn't touch him. Hearsay information didn't move him. Even miracles and signs and wonders didn't move him. But when Jesus touched his money, it moved him. Different things touched different people. And he collapsed at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. O oh, Lord, the word Lord, the Greek word kurios, which means Lord or Supreme Master. It was complete surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in that moment. finally. Finally, after three previous encounters, in this fourth encounter, Peter understood who he was talking to. And he recognized Jesus' supreme authority. And when he called Jesus Lord, he surrendered his life to the lordship of Jesus. And because of this fourth encounter, he never went back to the fishing business again. But all of this occurred after he had already heard Jesus was the Messiah by hearsay or second-hand information. After he had spent time with Jesus and Jesus had spoken to him and even prophesied that his character needed to be changed, after he had miraculously seen Jesus heal his mother, after he had seen signs and wonders happening all over his house, everyone being healed, a miracle service in his own home, You would think that all those previous encounters was enough to bring him to a point of conversion. But it took this fourth encounter to bring him to his knees and to fully acknowledge the lordship of Jesus. And again, it was so life-altering that he never went back to the fishing business again. from that moment forward, he followed Jesus. Please remember this especially as you come into contact with so many different kinds of people in the course of life. You might be discouraged because you've shared Christ and they didn't respond. Maybe you've told them again and they didn't respond. Maybe you even brought them to church and they didn't respond. There's one more encounter that's going to push them into faith. Don't give up yet. It took Peter four encounters before he was converted. Is that amazing, Denise? It is, and Rick, I'm thinking about how encouraging this message is. I know women that are believing for their husbands to be saved. I know a mother who's believing that her son is going to straighten up his life. And sometimes I hear their anguish and their worry. But Jesus is long-suffering. He's not worried. Jesus is not worried. He has that moment where that child or that husband is going to come to Christ and surrender his life to him, just like Peter did. And Denise, we saw in 2 Chronicles 16:9 that God's earth is searching for someone whose heart is right. God's eyes were fixed on Peter. It didn't look like Peter's heart was right, but there was something in the heart of Peter that caused God to say, I'm going to stick with this guy. I'm going to reveal my heart to him. I'm going to reveal my strength to him. Wow, his eyes were focused on Peter. And God's eyes are focused on that person that you're concerned about. And by the way, God wants to reveal himself to you. To you. Think how this applies to you. God has tried to bring you along. He's tried to reveal you more. He's going to keep pursuing you and pursuing you until finally you come to a new place of divine revelation where he reveals himself to you in a brand new way. God is looking to show himself strong to you. We'll be back in just a moment, and Denise and I are going to pray for you.
1: Men are supposed to be powerful. But today, men everywhere feel like they're under attack and even being attacked for simply being men. There's no doubt about it. The devil is after men. But when a man's heart is touched by God, he can embrace his calling as a man and his God-given roles in the family and in the nation. In this amazing series, 10 Powerful Men, Rick Renner will show you that even though there's no such thing as a perfect man, if any man will let God touch his life, he can become powerful. In this series, you'll learn about a man who didn't communicate right with his wife, a mistake maker who became the father of faith, an emotional man Jesus chose to be a leader, a murdering man that Jesus turned into an apostle, and so much more. This encouraging 10-part series will help any man embrace who God has made him to be. And it will help every man, teenager, or boy know that God has anointed him to be the best man he can be. Available in digital or physical formats. This series is available starting at just $20. And today, we're offering the 384-page book, All the Men of the Bible, by Herbert Lockyer, for just $19. This invaluable book describes the monumental feats of men named in the Bible and thousands of unnamed men who also carried out monumental achievements in their lifetimes. Don't miss this special offer, the 10-part series, 10 Powerful Men, and the book, All the Men of the Bible, by Herbert Lockyer. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. daily TV, the request for orders was immediate. And then when we went on more channels, we doubled and doubled our requests every year. Rick Renner Ministries sent over 158,000 products out in just this last year.
0: We get many calls for prayer uh, on a daily basis. Um, You know, there are people just really wanting answers today. They want hope and we're here for them uh, to help them find that. Uh, we get calls for prayer just when people are struggling, going through certain situations, uh, and they may start with being very hopeless, but many times they hang up uh, full of hope, uh, full of joy, faith, and uh, just trusting in the Lord, and uh, the most rewarding part is,
1: you know, getting the phone call the day after, saying God you know, has come through and answered their prayers, and uh, it's just super humbling, and I'm grateful to be working for Inner Ministries. Well, everybody who watches Rick on TV is going to want to have a study guide every time. It's, um, first of all, a tangible memory of the material. And anybody who is desiring to learn the Bible more, which we see every day all over the world, it is easy and uh, affordable to get a study guide and i know a lot of people just do it every single time or they download as they're watching the program for free and so it's just a wonderful tool as far as the needs of the ministry we are bursting at the seams and growing by leaps and bounds i foresee definitely more growth and um as far as people connecting with the Renner Ministry and the more that uh, Rick and Denise and Joel and everyone gets to be um, exposed to other areas of the world and other people uh, that are connecting with the Renner Ministry, uh, we're just, we're bursting at the seams and we need to expand and pretty quickly.
0: My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry. And God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them. And we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project? Well, Denise and I have had such a good time with you today as we've looked at the four different encounters that were required before Peter came to a place of faith. And right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for that person that is on your heart. You're wanting them to get saved. You're wanting them to come to a new revelation of Jesus, and you've wondered if they're ever going to come. Yes, they're going to come. You might just need one more encounter to push them into that new place. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to pursue them and pursue them and pursue them until finally they have an encounter that transforms them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And we want you to order the whole series, which is called 10 powerful men. It is so encouraging. And it comes with a study guide that's filled with all the points, all the principles, all the verses, all the Greek words. It's all right here. You will devour this. And right now we're also offering you the book, which is called All the Men of the Bible. It covers more than 3,000 Bible names. This is a resource you'll use again and again and again. And if you're not a partner, would you please become a partner with our ministry and Help us take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. There are people crying out, saying, God, please send me somebody that can give me teaching I can trust. That's our job. Proverbs 10:21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many. We can do that, but we can only do it if we have partners who financially put fuel in the tank so that we can take this message to them. And the moment you become a partner, We're going to send you Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, and my book called Life in the Combat Zone. We always give these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. But thank you for being with us today. When we come back tomorrow, we're going to look at the miraculous story of the Apostle Paul's conversion. Wow, it is amazing. He became a powerful man that God used. But, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that we can be together today. We ask you, Lord, to keep us strong and help us keep growing in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.